0: Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Rachel Riva. You can find her at lifeonherterms.com. So this is for all you ladies out there that are entrepreneurs, your business owners, your coaches, your consultants, and many of you are struggling to make your first six figures, to make your first $100,000? Why are you struggling when everyone else around you is winning? You ever sit up late at night with that question? Why are all these gals who are just as qualified as you, just as equipped as you, why are they making more than you? So we're going to get open and honest with Rachel. She's awesome. I already like her. She's from Georgia, USA, now residing in Australia Down Under, and Rachel is a PR consultant, published author, and founder of Life on Her Terms Media. She worked in the media industry for 10 years as a news publicist and PR manager. Her career has spanned television, health policy, and election campaigns, both in Australia and the United Kingdom. She is also a contributor for several global outlets, including Huffington Post and Goalcast. Her first book, Grit, Grace and Hustle was published in 2021 when she isn't writing, coaching or stalking Oprah. uh, She's planning her next European holiday. Born in Georgia, USA, Rachel has lived in the UK and now resides in Australia with her husband and son. You can hear Rachel's coaching inspiration series Coffee and Faith every Tuesday on Rima FM radio. Again, lifeonherterms.com is the website. Rachel Riva, Welcome to your first 100k top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and take 30 seconds fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Absolutely. And thank you for that warm introduction, Joseph. I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. So I was born in a small town in Milledgeville, Georgia, and we grew up in a really small, humble trailer is where it began. Um, but I had a lovely, humble childhood until when I was 12 years old, my father died suddenly and left my mother a widow with three girls. And so that was quite a shock, a really young tragedy to have happen. But as God would have it, he brought a man into our lives. In 1999, my mother met a man on the internet who lived in a place called Australia. And so my mother moved her three Georgia peach daughters from Millageville, Georgia to Newcastle, Australia, when I was 14 years old. And that was quite a big transition. But I went from there and Australia, adopted me, such a beautiful country, and I ended up Um, working in PR, publicity, working in TV news as as a publicist. And then I went to London. So I started off, you know, in this beautiful small town, life happened, crazy things happened, but you know, God used everything. And I'm so grateful for the family that I have. And also just how he literally opened up doors for me along the way. So I went from living in a a trailer in a small town and then ended up working for the BBC in London. And then I went from there, worked for government communications. And then I started my own business while I was in the UK so I think that takes us up to where we're at now I've just published my first book and also launched my first mastermind
0: okay there you have it startup nation you could come from humble trailer backgrounds right and Absolutely. where you come from is not where you end up you choose where you end up
1: that's right, right. we don't Absolutely. choose where
0: we come from but we choose where we the destination right so we want to get yeah. clear on that so stop making excuses startup nation let it go already. Yeah. You came from dysfunction. Congratulations. Welcome to humanity. We all did, right? Most of us.
1: Well, welcome to the family. Just share your dysfunction. Just put it on the table here. We've all got it there. I don't usually start that story at dinner parties. Like, oh, by the way, when I was 12, this happened. And then I was uprooted and moved to different countries. Like, It sounds like a Hallmark film. But when you actually look back on your life, what was horrible and tragic, and I can't believe this has happened, becomes your testimony. It becomes a thing that you're like, thank God that happened to me. Because I'll say what's happening to me now. I'm 35 right now. I went through so much in my younger years, resilience became my middle name. Like when it became to my twenties and pitching myself and you know trying to get internships and newspapers and radio stations, I wasn't scared of anything. I was like, show me what you've got. I've been through it, I'm good. Well, we had most teenagers in high school going through teen stuff. I couldn't even deal with that because I was just trying to survive what was going on and deal with major transition and life changes. But I'm so grateful for it now because it really, it taught me who I was. It taught me how to deal with change. It taught me how to figure myself out, you know, when I didn't know where I was and having to start over. So change has been a constant in my life, but what also became a constant was faith. It had to be, I came from a firm foundation of faith. My mother is a strong woman of faith and it didn't matter what crisis I had going on, mainly in my career. I'd call my mother cause I'm a grown woman. Mom, what do I do? And she'd go, honey, have you prayed about it? I don't have you prayed about it. I'm like, ah, mom, give me other advice. But she was right every single time. So I can honestly say it doesn't matter where you come from. It really doesn't. But the people around you matter. The people around you absolutely matter. And you you're, there's going to come a time where you're going to have to separate yourself from people because you see where you want to go. And they're either going to come with you or they're going to hold you back. And most people are just there for a season. I watch a lot of T.D. Jakes. Um, he's kind of my mentor. So he just hasn't met me yet. He doesn't know he's my mentor. But T.D., You and me, you mentor me.
0: For all you faith-based entrepreneurs out there, are you bringing Christ into your crisis? Yeah. Are you bringing Christ into your crisis, right? Or are you going it alone? Good luck with that. Let me know how it works out for you. All right, Rachel, let's get into it. Take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: I went to military school for three years. I, yes. So for a while, I could do some mean push-ups. Don't ask me to do those now. But for a while, I was very good at push-ups. It was hard, but it was apparently it was a privilege. <laughs> it was a privilege to go. That's how it was pitched to me. Yeah, when, privileged when going... pain.
0: <laughs> privileged pain.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It taught me a lot of discipline, and I made very good friends. I'm very grateful for that time now.
0: That is awesome. All right, let's get into business, all right? But first, I want to start with the mental game of entrepreneurship, right? Year one, oh. two, and three. All that negative self-talk in between our ears. What was the biggest lie you told yourself over and over again, repeatedly and convincingly?
1: That I wasn't good enough. That I was this redneck from the South who would listen to me, who would take me seriously. I worked in news, very male-dominated industry. Some of the comments that were put towards me, I have blonde hair. I can be seen as cute. You know, I smile a lot. But people don't always take you seriously. And there comes a time when you have to choose whether to take that on yourself. You know, oh, honey, you're okay, sweetie, you don't worry about that little comments like that start to you start to believe that, oh, I am just, I need to be quiet at the table. Mm. You don't have a voice, you don't have anything to say. No one ever said that to me, but their attitude said it to me, and the way they didn't include you in things. So I had to, I had to make a decision. You know, do I believe that? Do I believe how they're treating me? Or do I walk in the room with a different attitude?
0: How did you make that transition?
1: I had some supportive women who showed me the way, even without telling me, very few, I might add, but I learned, and this is actually what I based my book on. It's called Great Grace and Hustle, because I was trying to emulate the success I saw in front of me. And in the workplace, there was men, men created the workplace. Of course, they're going to know how to do it. But what I saw was women be either yes, people like just agreeing to everything and not being effective or influential at all. Or then there was the other woman who was like an aggressive bully. And I had to figure out how can I be myself here? God, how can I bring my authentic self into this room and still be effective and, and influential? So number one is I used to observe people, like stalk them. I would stalk their emails. If, if There's always someone in a meeting where you're like, that person knows what they're talking about. You know, so I would stalk. And I, you do that in entrepreneurship as well. So in terms of the mindset game, I always knew who I wanted to look like. Who I, You know, that person gets respected that everyone listens when they talk, when they send an email, people respond. How can I do that? So to be honest, the mental game of how did I get over it? It was emulate that person. It's, it's, it's that confidence of, and I, I say this, um, if you can just have confidence for five minutes that you can do it, you can do it for 10 minutes. Just believing yourself for five minutes and walk into that room. And that's what I used to do. I'd have to psych myself up and go, come on, Rachel, you can believe in yourself for five minutes to go into this room and present to this room of news executives that you belong here and that you know what you're talking about. If you can do it for five minutes, they'll believe you. That's what I would do. So I, was a, I, I did a lot of acting uh, in school, and that helped me a lot when it came to not just um, in my own career, but starting my own business too.
0: So did it work when you walked into those rooms with the five-minute acting improv?
1: Sometimes, sometimes I'd walk walk in shaking at times. I remember one time I had a manager who said to me, I need you to fill in for me. And it was a very important crisis communications meeting with um, the London Ambulance Service, which is where I was working at the time. Anyway, these heavy, heavy hitting guys, right? And I walk in and I literally, I'm so embarrassed that I did this, but I took a seat like in the corner and she walked up to me and said to me in the ear, woman, take a seat at the table. What are you doing? And it was this, moment of i was already putting myself in the back of i'll just sit here and take notes and she just reminded me of who i was so does that work yeah of course it works of course it works even if it only works for five minutes you only need to speak for five minutes usually when it comes to a presentation if you need to have a break you have a break you say i'm so sorry i need to start over it's okay it's OK. It's always awkward before it's elegant. But I never I, I was always looking for the next step. And for me, particularly in my career, the thing that I learned about myself is you have to pitch yourself. You have to publicize yourself. And that's the thing that I took over to my business. I had no problems pitching myself because, yes, you might you you may be listening. And going, She's a publicist. Of course, she knows how to do that. Can I tell you something? I was petrified of publicizing myself when all of a sudden I was promoting myself. Not someone, not someone else's organization, not someone else's expertise, but when it's you and you're asking someone to put you on and publish your story and interview you, that is real. That's when visibility gets real and all of your triggers come out. But I recognize in your career and in entrepreneurship, it's the same thing. People are petrified of visibility, but if you don't pitch yourself, your career, you will always stay where you are. You will never go to the next level. You'll never get hired. You'll never have that promotion. It's the same in entrepreneurship. I've seen women be in business for 20 years and they've stayed the same. They're still doing one-to-ones and they're still charging similar rates and they're still dealing with the same type of clients. That would petrify me. Like I want to grow. I want to go to the next level. I want to raise the rates. I want to scale. I'm aiming for impact here, but you cannot have impact if people aren't aware of you. And that is the beautiful thing about visibility and publicity is it helps you do that. You know, it helps you share. I call it your God-given genius with the world.
0: So what I'm hearing is you cannot have impact if you are invisible. No. Right. If you're, you're sitting away yes. from the table in the back of the room, taking notes in your life, yes. right. And not having a voice and not sitting at the table of your life, the table of your business and pitching yourself. And I like what you said there. It's always awkward before it's elegant.
1: Yes. Uh, one of my first mentors said that to me because I keep my very first Facebook live. It's, I think it's on my YouTube channel. I keep it there to keep me humble. Not that I'm not humble, but it's like, do you remember what that was like? It was awkward. You didn't know where to look. Your sound was fuzzy, but you did it. And then you did it again. I have no problems with video now. I'm I'm pretty good at it. I, I go live all the time. But at first I used to make me sick. It used to take me 90 minutes to record a three minute video. You know, but if you don't master that, if you don't, um, if you're not comfortable getting started, first of all, let me say visibility is the new currency of entrepreneurship. It absolutely is. Video is king. I say video is king, continent's queen. We need both to rule in the game of business. You absolutely do. If you're not interested in video, you are not interested in making more money. So, And it's not just about money. It's about your impact and your scale and the shareability of your content. So it's I'm more passionate about people getting visible. I don't care what platforms they are, but commit to something and show up. Because it's not the most talented people that are having the impact and making the money. It's the ones that are willing to market themselves, fall in love with marketing, and your business will thrive.
0: Startup Nation, these are powerful words of wisdom from Rachel. And listen, you've seen some of the influencers online. You could speak better yeah. than them. Let's be real. Right? So you, you look at some of them and you're like, How does he or she have that house and that boat? How are they doing so well when they talk like that? Like, like they're just ordinary people. And they're they're doing ums and ahs and and, and they're messing up and, and right, correcting themselves as they go, but they're showing up, they're putting themselves on video, they're making themselves vi- uh, vis- visible, and they are ruthlessly and consistently pitching themselves themsel- to the world, Yes. right, ruthlessly and consistently pitching themselves to the world, eventually they stick. They stick with a group of people. They stick to a certain market, a niche. And then those people become raving fans, right? And want all their products, all their services. So Startup Nation, that's the lesson for you today.
1: so true. So Rachel, how do
0: we do this? How do we get PR, right? Because like, that's what you teach in your coaching. People come to you for PR. They want to make more money. How do I become more visible? How do I face my awkwardness, right? Like, give me your top three tips, Or strategies uh, for my listener to get more comfortable and more confident in pitching themselves to the world.
1: Online. Absolutely. Great question. So I, I teach something called Media Mountain. You've got to start climbing media mountain. You got to start at the bottom, right? So the first thing I would say is guest posting is a brilliant way to start getting your message out into the world. It's you can do it at any time. I started guest posting for the Huffington Post while I was working full time. I did not even have a business. And so I didn't even have a mailing list at the time. I just I remember thinking one day. I would love it if I could write for the Huffington Post one day. And I'd had and I want to say this because some people have it in their mind of, oh, but I can't do that until this happens. I thought when I write a book, when I have a business, I can write for the Huffington Post. That was a belief I had created for myself. And I'll tell you guys this story, if if you don't mind. Um, I am from the South. We talk a lot. Uh, I was had just gotten this full time job in government communications and I was sitting there on induction day and I was miserable. And I'm looking around at everyone going, everyone here is miserable. I'm miserable. This is two days of my life. What have I done? Oh, my gosh. And I thought, may as well pitch myself to the Huffington Post. I'm here for two days. What have I got to lose? Within 24 hours, I was a I was a contributor for the Huffington Post. Within 24 hours, I got that first yes. That first yes gave me everything I needed because all of a sudden, I had changed that belief in my head. People think that they have to be way down the road, that you need to be six or seven figures before you can start pitching yourself to the media or be featured in Forbes or be featured anywhere else you want to be. That is not true. So my first piece of advice for you is guest posting. So there are hundreds of places that take submissions and, you can, if, you, and if you think you can't write, if you can talk, you can write. Six Ra- tips to Rachel, lose weight.
0: Yeah. Rachel, what is the secret formula for for getting approved uh you know as a guest poster, guest sure. blogger, whatever for some of these top media outlets?
1: Absolutely. So I actually have a media list. It's called Become a Media Magnet. You can download it at lifeonherterms.net, but that has hundreds of media outlets that take submissions for coaches and consultants. One of them is Thrive Global, Huffington Post used to, they don't do as many submissions anymore. So She Slays, Goalcast, um, I believe they still take submissions, Mind, Body, Green, just off the top of my head, there are hundreds of them. So these places, and so if you're interested in, and in, in, say you're a um, personal coach, a, a, a fitness coach, you can Google fitness coach, plus submission, plus blog. And it will come up with hundreds of blogs that take submissions. So, and literally all you have to do is like upload a document, make sure you have a bio. A bio is everything. It's who you are. How can people connect with you. you? You don't want to submit anything before you have a place to take them to. It could be a Facebook group. It could be an Instagram page or it could be a lead magnet. So you want to make sure that you've got a place to take people to when they've connected with you and read your blog.
0: Okay, that makes sense. All right. right. What is your second tip or strategy yes. for my listener right now? They're going to go, they're going to Google life coach plus submission plus blog, yes. right? And they're going to come up with this list of all these people. How do they pitch themselves? Like, is it an email? Like, what do they write? Like, give us so, an example. Can you give us yours?
1: Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So for the Huffington Post, for example, I was a huge fan, still am a huge fan of the the Huffington Post. And I wrote a post called, because I was just, I just was a career gal at this point. I didn't have a business. What was I going to say? I saw Serena Williams had made a comment about how great it was for her to have a break from her career. And she, and I was like, what, Serena, what you saying? And she said something like, I realized there was more to life than tennis. So on the back of that, I thought, you know what, there is more to life than a career. So I, I wrote a blog called Five things more important than your career life changing right it's a simple blog blogs aren't that hard so if you're not sure what to write um first of all i would think of your ideal client what are the five issues that they constantly come up with you know if you're a if you're a fitness coach i would say okay five ways to lose you know 10 kilos before summer or this or that, or three ways to deal with chronic fatigue. It can be that simple. It doesn't have to be that hard. So in terms of coming up with content, what do your clients always talk to you about? That's the kind of content you want to create because that will attract your ideal clients to click on you. Okay. So that's in terms of how to create a blog. And by the way, this is one of my little secrets that I do. I constantly get inspired when I'm having conversations with my friends or when I'm in the car because I talk to myself all the time. I'm constantly having conversations with myself as my clients and I do practice lives in my car. So I record myself. I have a recording app on my phone. that's called Voice Recorder. I record myself constantly and I have a radio segment. So I'm constantly needing to create content. So that's what I do. I am constantly in creation mode. Uh, so after you get off a phone with a client, think what? What? Call about what were they talking about? What were their main issues? And so it could be imposter syndrome, it could be how do I get more clients, how do I promote myself, how do I, um, you know, how do I connect with affiliate partners? Whatever it is, whatever is related to your industry, whatever top five pain points your clients come with, you can write about that. The thing that is so easy and natural for you, a lot of people are Googling that, so it helps your with your SEO. So, um, I think that's number two.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, what's the email you send out to the Huffington Post or whatever? Oh, media of course. Outlet? So, yeah. yes.
1: So, with the submission, um, if you Google submissions for the Huffington Post, they usually have a place that you can submit and upload to, but a lot of them are editorial or submissions at whatever the blog is or whatever the editorial site is. So they have those details on their editorial page or they have mm-hmm. a submissions tab. That's easy. That's like basic one-on-one of they're there, ready to go. They're happy to take your submissions. So do you Thrive have to like yet?
0: write a, a really well-crafted letter to whom it, it may concern? Be- no. I want to be the best. <laughs> Here's my five <laughs> things for- more important than.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. So if it's just a submissions page, you don't have to do even an intro for a submissions page. It's give us your give us your document. Here's your blog, give us your bio, and you submit to a portal. However, if it's a bit more advanced, and if it's say you're trying to pitch to the Guardian, and you want to write a column on balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship, You'll have to do something a bit more personal and personalized, and engage with the actual editorial person. So, if it was something like that, and I was desperate to get into the Guardian, I would be looking up Guardian editorial team, and I would be, I would be investigating. And you want to do this, you know, over uh, this could take thirty minutes, or it could take a couple of weeks, depending on um, your research methods. But I would be looking at who writes about these lifestyle issues. What are their names? And usually on the editorial sites, they have the email addresses of of those contacts. So I would be pitching directly and the email I would send to answer your question would be, Dear Joanna, I noticed that you write for the Guardian lifestyle section and you've been writing a lot about motherhood issues. I would like to pitch to you for consideration an idea about an article talking about balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship. These are the five topics I would cover. Is this something you would be interested in? Looking forward to hearing your response. And here's some details about me. Here's my bio. And other links that you can find out things about me.
0: Got it. So Thank it's personal. You.
1: That was You're welcome. It's personal, and you do. And this is the part where it goes from a submission. Uh, submission posts are really easy. They're easy gets like um, uh, something that you could do pretty easy. You could probably be a contributor for the Thrive Global maybe in the next couple of days if you uploaded a really good blog that was directly correlated to their readers. If you wanted something that's more of a news editorial, that required specific pitching.
0: Yeah. So thank you for giving both and startup nation, go ahead and click replay, right. And, and go back. And she, Rachel just gave you the exact words to write and just substitute it with your name, your content, what you're, you're actually pitching. And I think you just got the template right there for yourself, for your media. So Rachel, thank you for that. Um, I know you charge people to get that from you. Um, So thank you for that. It's a pleasure. Yeah, and you have a high-ticket coaching program right now. Now, Rachel, you know, you just made a pivot in your business, okay? Tell us about that, right? Because offline, you were telling me you have, like, you know, the squirrel syndrome, right? That shiny object syndrome. You used to have that in the past. It wasn't working for you. And you finally took a leap of faith and you said, That's it. I'm sticking to one thing and I'm going all the way. Tell us that quick story and how is it going?
1: Absolutely. So I've been in my own business for about five years. And in between, I had a child and became a mother and all those crazy things. But I started with career coaching. I did something completely different, wanted to do something really different from my job at the time. And then people kept coming to me asking about publicity and they were asking about messaging and copywriting. So I started doing copywriting and messaging for people. And then I got into consulting. And so I just kind of kept going and pivoting and pivoting. Then I had a baby and I didn't really know what to do. And it was that whole thing. And so I was working B2B and doing consultancy. And I was, it's so easy to get sucked into what all the gurus say you should be doing, right? Oh no, this is the next thing. You need a membership site. You need to do this. No, it's YouTube. It's podcasting. It's this, it's that. And it can be really overwhelming when you're like, I'm just one person. Just give me the game plan. And one night I will never forget. uh, My son was like eight months old and I was feeling very discouraged. And I remember crying out to God and going, you called me to invest all this money and all this time. You called me to create this business. And now what, what am I meant to do? What am I just trading time for dollars to give? Tell me what to do. And the first thing I was told was to pitch a radio program to a local Christian radio outlet. He said, pitch to Rima. And I was like, no, first of all, Rima, this Christian, beautiful radio station, they rejected me years ago from volunteering there at a radio station. So I was like, you're crazy, God. No way. I'm asking you how to make money. Why are you telling me to go volunteer? I'm I'm being honest. This was like this angry conversation. He was like, do it. He did it. I'm on the radio, have been on for two years. It's been lovely. So the first thing he called me to do was just serve, show up, serve, get clear on your message, get clear on who you are. And then what kept happening was Christian women in business kept coming to me and asking me questions. I was told by coaches, a lot of coaches. Don't focus on Christians. Don't focus on Christian businesses or entrepreneurs. It's not a good idea. That was the advice I was given. And what kept coming up for me, though, were these were the women that seemed to need the help. And I loved working with them. They were beautiful people. And I finally had this clarity from God. It was so clear. He's like, you need to start a mastermind. It is for Christian women in business. And it's to help them. And you teach them everything that you know about getting publicity. Because these are the women who I need to be of influence in this world. And so my mission now is I want Christian women in business to own the top 10% of companies in the world. Imagine the impact we can have there. It's not just about me, but that's where I'm headed. So this year has been a huge pivot in terms of shutting all the one-to-one stuff down. I don't do copywriting anymore. I'm not doing anything. I'll offer it to my mastermind clients, but going, no, I'm only focusing on launching this group program. It's a particular type of woman, a high achieving Christian female entrepreneur who's looking at becoming an Esther in her generation. She is building an empire. She's not interested in just a small business. She is building an empire to influence. So those are the women that I am called to serve and work with. And it is quite hard making that pivot because what you have to do is you have to cut out all of their sources. What's the word, decidement? Decision, cut out, cut away. And you have to say no to everything else and commit fully to that person, to that program. And we've also launched a membership site. And so all of my courses were, you know, um creating digital content as well. And my course is called Publicize Yourself. So creating that as well. So it's all new. It's all in. Where are the ships? Burns, burns, burns. It's all in. But it's it's exciting but terrifying all at the same time. But that's what happens when you follow God's purpose.
0: Okay, Startup Nation, aren't you glad I asked that question? Look what just came out. I mean, seriously, all you ladies out there, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is me. She's speaking to my soul. I just, that's me. I am the Esther of my generation, and Rachel's my gal, and she's going to help me do it, and we're going to do great things for God and for others. Listen, reach out to her. Why not? I mean, look at her personality. She's bubbly, she's smart, right? She's I'm not paying no st- for
1: this publicity, guys. He's she's, just this is this is him. Thank you. This
0: is true. I should be charging. Thank you, Rachel. You're right. I'm going to bill you. Send you an invoice. All right. So, Startup Nation, I hope you're you're inspired and more than inspired. You have a ton of inspiration around you. I hope you actually make a decision. Decide. Uh, uh. Cut everything out except the one thing you're called to do. Do it today. Do it this week. If you don't know what the one thing is, go put in the time with God. Yes. Get quiet with him and ask him and knock on heaven's door until it opens.
1: I love, I'll tell you what I do. I'm gonna give you guys this for free. When Rachel's having a hard day and I want to quit and go and work at the at the grocery store, I on YouTube I search Steve Harvey. Ask, believe, receive. He's one of my favorite inspirational people because he was a comedian, he lived in his car and he's so open about his faith, but he's so clear. We have not because we ask not. And, you know, sometimes you got to ask a long time. And I think, you know, before we started, you so beautifully did that prayer. Surrender has been the biggest thing for my business because I've had to surrender control. I've had to surrender resources. I've had to surrender everything because you know what, everybody wants the miracle moment but nobody wants to be desperate for it. And I I can relate to that. I can honestly relate to that going, God, my bank account was here and now it's here and you, I am uncomfortable. There is a level, I call it the faith breakthrough, right? We all have that level, like almost a fitness breakthrough. We all have a, a level of breakthrough. And if you want the next level in your business, it will require a new level of faith in your creator, And that is not gonna come comfortably. It is not going to come easily. It is going to, you're gonna agonize at times because it will strip you of everything. And that is that is part of it. And it's I, I can't say I'm fully at the end of it. I'm still in that journey. Uh, but surrendering every time I go to God, it's the same darn conversation about the same thing. I'm a control freak. Uh, you know, I'm an absolute control freak. And I've had to surrender it and let go and keep letting go. But that is when the freedom comes in. That is when the miracle comes in. And so I just want to say to anybody, you know, like you said, Joseph, have you made the decision? And you know if you have. You know, if you haven't either, the results will speak for themselves.
0: I'm pretty sure that this show is uh attracting control freaks all over the world <laughs> as my guest. It's awesome, right? Because that's who I coach, that's who I work with, is little control freaks like me, right? That finally just have to give it to God.
1: Yes. And
0: and and realize he'll do better. He'll do better. Yes. Otherwise, your life would be working like really well. Yeah. But it's not. Yes. So you're not the person. All right. So, Rachel, let's move. We got to go here. I could keep talking with you, but I'm not going through. So sorry. Okay. So welcome okay. to the hustle round. Welcome. Yep. Uh, 10 quick fire questions. You'll have okay. three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink. It. It's just for fun. Are you ready? Yes. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur, female Christian entrepreneur?
1: Uh, honestly, that I get to work in my pajamas a lot. That's awesome to me.
0: <laughs> You're like that Zoom, you know, where they got it's on Look, the It's true. Look,
1: all DJs down here. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I love it, though. Everything I get to do from home. I didn't realize I was such a hermit. I love it.
0: What is your least favorite thing?
1: The 24-7 oldness of my brain with it. I never turn off. Ever.
0: Mm-mm-mm. Ever. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You and I are going to have words, girl. Mm-hmm. What are you most afraid of?
1: Not living out my God given potential, not what I think is possible, but I'm petrified of meeting the person he thinks he created me to be and it not be me.
0: (laughs) Uh, What are you struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? We all got something.
1: Yeah. Gosh. How long you got Joseph? No, I, I would say managing parenthood with business life. And that's. Yes, I mean I, I don't even want to say mamahood. I think anyone who's a parent, you would recognize that. Being intentional with my son, and being really off when my laptop is down, and being really on with him, regardless of how much time I have with him that day, that's my biggest challenge right now because I want to be really present with him, and that's that's a challenge for me at times.
0: Do you go through mommy guilt?
1: You know, I used to. Okay. That first year and a half, I I lived in it because. I was so different to all the other new mothers. I had to stop going to mother's groups. I hope none of them are listening to this. They're lovely women, but I related to none of them. And I felt guilty because I wasn't a professional mother. As in I did, I literally was like, what are you talking about? I had, I, I, it just shocked me everything they were talking about. I'm still sleep deprived. I'm exhausted all the time. But the truth is I didn't relate to any of them. And I had to, and again, we talk about our separation. They're not bad things you separate yourself from at times, but I had to separate myself even from people who just weren't making me, I felt drained at the end of those mommy events. So I felt guilty that I didn't seem like the other moms more than I didn't feel like a good mom, but I was like, what's wrong with me? And then I realized, no, you're just different. And that's okay. And there are, I want to say to any woman listening, there are hundreds of way to, ways to be a good mother. You don't have to, there's no cookie cutter approach. And I, I see it now that my kid can talk. We've got this lovely connection um, that I'm like, oh, I get it. That's okay. I can be fierce Rachel with him. I don't have to be someone else. So yeah, it, it's there, but you have to constantly go, no, 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 that's not mine. Go away, Satan.
0: What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? (laughs) Come on!
1: Uh, Honestly, eating a lot of ice cream, a lot of ice cream. And I would say Netflix. No, I spent a lot of time on YouTube just watching a lot of inspirational, motivational, businessy content. But ice cream, way too much ice cream.
0: What secret fear do you have about people?
1: (sighs) They think I'm cute, but not professional.
0: Mm, that's a big one. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, I wish I had learned sooner that perfection doesn't exist. Yeah. And I don't have to be at a certain place to have what I want. I thought that I had to like pay my dues until I could start charging a certain rate or doing a certain thing. And that's just a made up belief. I, I don't know where I got that from, but it was always like, well, maybe one day. And it was like, well, what are you doing now? It's your business. You get to create the rules. This is life on her terms. You don't, you don't have to wait for it. No one's going to come up to you and say, it's time to raise your rates or it's time to launch a group program. Or, it's time to do this. I had to give myself permission. And I think that's the thing that a lot of women particularly seem to need. They seem to just need me to say, it's okay to do it that way. You can charge that if you want to. You can say no, if you want to. It's okay, do it.
0: It's been the same for me with my high achieving female clients. Same thing. They just need that permission. What's a new habit you want to create?
1: I have just started in the last week getting up and having a 6 a.m. prayer call with my mother and my sisters who work with me in the business.
0: That's great accountability.
1: It is because I missed it yesterday. So already I'm already, I'm, you know, lapsing, but for me, I'll say this. It's been so easy for me to use motherhood in some ways as an excuse to not do extra things like my physical workout. I haven't been really physically very active. I haven't been that committed to my physical health, but I also haven't been beating myself up about it either. Like, I'm just like, look, it's not what I'm committed to right now, but my prayer life, I've always been prayerful, but I was challenged. We were at an event and a billionaire literally challenged us and said, what time do you pray each day? And who do you pray with? And it really convicted me because I realized I was just praying randomly not mm-hmm. intentionally. Mm-hmm. And so that's the biggest thing that I want to, um, continue in, in my business is have that prayer accountability.
0: How important is that to you?
1: Everything. It's yeah. everything. It, it changes everything. Okay. God is the one who gave me the vision for everything. So this mm-hmm. is his business. Yeah.
0: What's a bad habit you want to break other than ice cream?
1: Oh, that was, that's what I was going to say. Um, overthinking.
0: Okay, got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now, Rachel.
1: Honest, fierce, loving.
0: Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business.
1: Stressed, terrified, and striving for perfection.
0: And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, friends, your kids in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about life, what would you say to them?
1: I would say, trust God, serve people, And consider your legacy when you decide what to spend your time, your money, and your energy on.
0: Good advice. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K this year?
1: It doesn't have to be that hard. Pick one client, one program, stick to it, and publicize yourself. Pitch yourself. Go live. You just have to believe in yourself for five minutes. You don't have to be amazing. You just have to be willing. Just show up. Honestly, God will do anything, but you got to give him something to work with. You want the miracle from him. You want to be featured in a TV show. You want to have your own TV show, show up, give him something to work with. Stop waiting for people to discover you and discover yourself. Visibility is the new currency and you've got everything that you need. You are enough today. You are enough where you're at. You've got enough experience. You've got enough awesomeness in you. God has got an amazing plans for you, but he is waiting for you. Stop saying you're waiting for him. There's so much goodness in Jeremiah 29 11, It says, I know the amazing plans I have for you, but you've got to co-create that plan for him. Like you've got to show up and give Him something to work with because there's only awesomeness on the other side of that decision.
0: Preach Rachel preach. <laughs> All right. Startup nation. You only have to believe in yourself for five minutes a day and press record. Yes. During those you get five minutes, own,
1: you get to have your own TV show. Now this it's incredible. Like I think some people get discouraged. I don't have a huge social media following right now, but you could if you've got a hundred people following you, that's a hundred people who are interested in what you have to say, you know, 20 years ago, you had to pay to be in a room like that. Now you get it for free. It's incredible. Like Insta reels is blowing my mind at the moment. It's, Fascinating TikTok. I don't get it, but cool. Let's give it a shot, shall we? There's just so much, and even with YouTube, you know, you can have your own TV network. There is no reason, and you taking up room doesn't take away anyone else's room. That's the cool thing. God has enough for all of us. Like you, you know, you want to have impact, you need to start with showing up and get getting something that you can serve and you can sell and you can package. But it's more about your message matters. It is so important. Here's the thing about media. Can I say it right now? We are living in such Hard times, people need encouragement. They need inspiration. Share your story, share your wounds, share what you've learned, share your expertise. Give us something good to watch because that's what people are desperate for. And I honestly believe that if people just show up and start sharing the genius that God has given them, oh my God, chains will be broken. Oh my God, people will start feeling free and go, oh wow, you mean I can start a business? You mean I don't have to work at this soulless job? You mean I don't have to stay in this horrible relationship? I can lose weight? You have something incredible to to share. Please stop letting other people like share what you know is yours. I think that's it.
0: (laughs) I'm just like leaning back here, you know, (laughs) leaning back. All right. We're speaking with Rachel Riva. Rachel uh, had a startup nation get in touch with you. What do you got for them?
1: Yes, if you are a coach or consultant, I have a beautiful gift at lifeonherterms.net. It's a media list, hundreds of media outlets that are looking to feature coaches and consultants today where you can submit your blog that you're writing clearly today. So um, you can publicize yourself there for free. Go there. It is a beautiful list and there's nothing like it on the internet. It's the most comprehensive media list you're going to find today at lifeonherterms.net.
0: That was an excellent pitch, by the way.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That You have no idea how much that means when people like compliment you on your pitch. It's like the, the scariest thing ever. You're like, is this pitch pitch enough? Is it pitch worthy? Thank is it you. pitchy? Is, it, is
0: pitchy? it pitchy? Do I, raise, pitchy? My pitch? <laughs> Do I yeah. raise my pitch?
1: Do I raise my pitch?
0: All right, Rachel, <laughs> Reva, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life.
1: Thank you, Joseph. It's been a pleasure.